Do you want to start us off then? Okay, so hello everyone. Welcome to Chats Over Coffee with my yoga teacher, where I am going to speak to... I'm... Ah, I've ruined it. I was doing well. All right, so you were doing well. Try again, well. try again. <laughs> no, no, no. Let's go ooh, natural, carry on. So. Okay, okay. Oh, does that mean naked, actually? Doesn't it? <laughs> so, oh, no, not that <laughs> no. way. Right, so, um, all right, so, so I'm going to speak to my yoga teacher, who is here. Hello. Hi, I'm Kayla, the yoga teacher. And I'm Peter, who does stand-up comedy. So it's February, if you're listening in real time, which you might not be, because you might be listening in 2030 when we've become massively successful by then. And uh, you're just looking through the archives thinking about, oh, I wonder how it all started. (laughs) So uh, 2023, did I say 2023? So what have you got going on in February 2023? Yeah, so I... Advertising time. Yeah, woohoo! Well, I have a, um, a new website and it is just my name. KaylaMcCormack.com and it has all of my offerings on there which is always nice so one place to go for lots of information but specifically in February I, I still teaching three online classes a week and I'm also launching a course so I've launched a course around helping people with their digestive issues so this is something that I've struggled with a lot in my life so I thought I would pass on the knowledge and in February I've decided to run a sale so it's a hundred pounds off. So if you're interested, go to my website and check it out. Obviously, if you don't listen in February, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you can still go to the website though. But you can still go to my website. <laughs> and this is 2030, and you've deleted the website. <laughs> yeah, unless it's for some like reason. 20 years from now, and then I, yeah, everything just crumbled. You know. <laughs> <laughs> The website's linked on the show description or show notes. Or Yeah, and what about you? What are you doing? Just gigging, nothing else? Lots of gigs, but just gigging. I am doing some of Fern Brady's tour support, so entirely possible that someone's listening, having watched me at one of those. That's just me dropping the fact that I've got a famous friend that lets me do tour support for her, really. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm all over the... I mean, the, I've got a website with all the... I do keep the dates up to date on there. I don't know if that's ever been a way that someone's come to see me. But if you live in the UK then uh, you can, and you want to come to a gig that I'm at, then just check the website and, and no one's obliged. But, <laughs> of course... <laughs> You're all obliged. You must come. If you listen to our podcast, then you must give us money, right? <laughs> or just uh, get on both of our Instagrams and interact with all of our posts and share them and boost our algorithms. That's better than money, isn't it, these days? That's actually really helpful. That is really so helpful. Just do that. I've got comedy clips up. I've started using Reels and you've got loads of uh, Reels up. So just uh, yeah, check yeah. those out. Helpful content and always looking for more ideas. If you want to know anything, ask questions because yeah. happy to talk about stuff. Happy to share. Yeah. And Instagram links will be on also the show description thing as well. So there we go. So yeah. we have a show to start which is mainly about matter dark matter antimatter but we have a correction before it starts well we do correct it during the show but you want it yeah i made a mistake by saying proton instead of positron uh, in the first kind of very short period when yeah. we start that topic so i'd like to apologize now <laughs> yeah. it does get corrected but you it does yeah it, but yeah if you are listening and thinking what's this woman talking about before it gets corrected you don't have to think that now <laughs> Okay, well, the show is. Okay. So, we, so we let the show start then. Yeah, sounds good. For just one night, and we did a singing bowl bath, and that was really nice. Is that a meditation thing? It's a singing bowl bath, so it's more like you, you can treat it like a meditation if you want to, but you don't necessarily have to. You just kind of lay there, and the bowls sing at you. It's fantastic. You get some really interesting, like, sensations. 
Like, it's really good. I, I had, like, um, tingly sensation at one point, like goosebumps, like a wave. That was pretty cool. You know, just, like, things just mm. happen. It's really interesting. It's very relaxing. It's, you know, if you want, you can go into it with the idea of, like, healing, you know. Because the idea is that we're however much percent. Is it 70-something percent water? So sound really does vibrate through us. Someone told me that was why uh, astrology is um got legitimacy because the pull of the moon on the tides is so strong gravitationally that would it not make sense for a celestial body to impact our bodies which are mainly water i couldn't counteract that but i'm not i don't know (laughs) do you want to debunk that potentially no i i won't i won't say 100 percent no um Potentially, yeah, yeah. I mean, gravity, the, the gravity has changed, you know, as the moon circles the Earth, like, because the same thing with the tides, you know, in the water and stuff. So potentially you could say that it also affects your body a little bit. Do you not you know? have, a, have that phenomenon where it's been a full moon and everyone's acting a bit odd? Yeah, I mean, my grandma always used to say that. She, she, I don't know, she, I'd never really took her for being, like, spiritual in that way. Like, she was, she was a bit religious, but I didn't never really imagined her like that. But she always used to say every full moon, oh, it's a full moon. Watch out. The crazies are out. People used to say that when there was a gig on, though. If it was a full moon. If it had been a weird gig, ah. sometimes people might say, oh, was there a full moon tonight or something? Oh, that's interesting. I should yeah. chart that, really. Is it a full moon now? Or is it? A couple days ago. So maybe that's why it was a disaster on Friday night. <laughs> <laughs> I have literally had this since I was about 16, I think. <laughs> One of those shirts that get pushed to the back and then you're like, oh, I'm cold, where are all my long sleeve shirts? Oh, you. <laughs> Just don't like the way a long sleeve t-shirt looks on me. It looks too... I don't know. Baggy or something. Or do you, no, it just or looks... Or not baggy pecu- enough. <laughs> it just makes me look peculiar. It makes me look like a, some sort of puppet character, I think. <laughs> all right, okay. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? You just get things into your head. That yeah. It's all illusions, I suppose, isn't it? Like, yeah. It probably doesn't look the same to you as other people as well, so it's all a bit weird. Yeah, but I mean, I suppose that kind of thing is just going to affect everything in our lives, isn't it? We're conditioned based on our childhood and what we've been through and, you know... We have subtle opinions about things that we might not even realize are opinions. There's nothing really wrong with that, as long as it's not detrimental to your health and wellness or your mind or, <laughs> you know, your life. Then there's nothing wrong with saying you don't like long sleeve t-shirts. <laughs> yeah, I'd like to like them, but I don't like them. So just... <laughs> do you like them on other people or do you have the same opinion for other people wearing long sleeve shirts? Then it gets where it gets a little bit tricky. You see, I don't care that much about other people uh yeah. in that way <laughs> they can wear what they like and uh, like i always worry about my hair receding which i mean i don't mm. know if it is or not i don't think it's like it's got enough i've got enough of it like yeah, for the time yeah. Being, but i i do worry about in time you know all that and then sometimes i look at other people's heads quite a lot and look at their hairlines and think oh well that hairline's actually quite yeah it's, it's actually a lot of it's vaguely encouraging but yeah. <laughs> I look at it and I sort of think, do they... Are they as self-conscious as you would be kind of thing? Well, and actually what I mean is I don't really care that much about what other people's hairlines look like. Yeah. I only care about my own. So conversely, they probably don't care about mine, do they? Yeah. So yeah, yeah. there's a good quote. I don't think it's Eleanor Roosevelt. It says, you would care less what people think about you if you knew how little they did. Yes. <laughs> yeah exactly we can't help but f- see ourselves as like the center of the world 
in a sense. Yeah, we're the main character in our own uh, in our own dramas, aren't we? So. Exactly. It's funny because I had that weird like brainwave the other day. I was walking up to what was that? It was my last class at the arts university, and um, I was walking up the street, and I I just I tend not to really look at people that you don't know. I mean, sure, you kind of glance, you don't try not to hit people and stuff like that when you're walking, but you don't necessarily like look at them in the eyes and, and smile and things all the time because you, if you're walking through a city, that would be difficult anyway. Uh, <laughs> but I happened to make eye contact with one young lady who obviously was, you know, from the university. And I don't know, we just looked, properly looked at each other. And so I was like, oh, all right, well, we'll have a little smile because it's kind of weird if you don't. So mm-hmm. we have a little smile and she smiled back and I kept walking. And I just thought, I don't know why, but that thought came into my head. I was like, she's got this whole life i don't know who she is i don't know what she does but she you know she was born she's got parents she's got all this stuff going on in her life and stuff is going on there and i have no idea what it is i'm all wrapped up in my life <laughs> i just thought it was a really interesting concept yeah because that could be the only thing that ever happens between the two of you for the yeah. whole lifespans and you know it's just a tiny you know forgettable sort of thing she could have been thinking the same you never know yeah but. exactly <laughs> I won't be smiling at people. I get it wrong when I smile at people. It looks weird. <laughs> Does it look a bit? What, what do you mean? It looks weird. I don't know. I just, um, I, I just try not to look at anybody and make any eye contact. I just assess threats. I think that's all I do. People think I'm like trying to sort of like intimidate them, or um, not that I can intimidate anybody, or. <laughs> Or I'm being creepy or something. I don't know. Yeah. I don't think well, I'm a creepy know, like... person, but you know, you know, it's, you know <laughs> just try and take that out of the equation. You know. Fine. Right. Okay. So I want to ask you a question about. I don't know if this is yoga related, really, is it? But if we can try and track it back to sounding like it is, maybe at some point, then go on. Uh, then it's just build as being a chat anyway, isn't it? So I could theoretically ask you about anything, couldn't I? Really? Did you call us builders? What? Well, did you just call us builders? Did you say we're just two builders having a chat? I didn't say that, did I? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, let's try again. Okay, so you do, obviously you do your, on the side, you're a student of astronomy, right? Yes. Oh, thank God I said that correct this time. I always say it wrong. But... <laughs> so so you, did you email me saying that you were doing some work on antimatter or something yeah. like that? And yeah. then... I thought, ooh, that sounds interesting. I should ask you about that. And so I'd like to ask you about that. Because you're good at explaining things, I think. And so obviously I might have a very cursory idea about what it is. But oh, yeah. I would like to know more. Do you, do you, want, do you have an idea of what so it is? So cursory, it would be really badly articulated. So okay. I really think that, I mean, other than I know it sort of is there they think now but maybe. yeah so so antimatter is one of those things that i should have so. just not said anything then it was so <laughs> it just has contributed nothing isn't it but anyway it's okay it's okay so antimatter is one of, is is one of those things that's like sounds really sci-fi i think it's got like a, a sci-fi vibe but um it's not so basically it's the antiparticle for elementary particles so um basically every particle has an identical in every respect except the charge. So the antimatter particle to an electron is a proton. So it's not actually that like, you want, you want it to be something really sci-fi and like, woo, but it's not. I wanted it to be like the bizarro <laughs> sort of world, you know, like there's a bizarro Kayla made of antimatter somewhere. That's yeah, it. yeah, that's what I thought you might be thinking. <laughs> Sorry to disappoint. End of discussion. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say this, what I was going to write my paper on was the fact that there's like this asymmetry problem 
So if you imagine like in the Big Bang, matter and antimatter or electrons and protons, you know, however you want to think about it, they should have been made in equal parts. There's no reason for them to have been made more electrons than protons or vice versa. But there is. So there is a really like uh, obvious asymmetry between matter and antimatter. So that was what my paper was going to be on. But have you ever heard the term fail fast? I think I've got reviews that say that. Oh, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, I don't know if I have. I'd be pretending if I said, oh, yeah, I'm sure. It rings a bell. But, um, <laughs> and then people say that, don't they? Oh, yeah, I'm sure I've heard of that. Yeah. And they're kind of they're going, no, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, don't look stupid. Don't look stupid. But, um, yeah. It's just it's just a simple term used to describe like it's a good way of learning basically. If you can decide quickly that you don't get it, it's better than trying to persevere with something. So it's like failing quickly so that you can learn from your mistake and move on so that you're not wasting your time basically trying to get something Pretending that, that you understand the uh, concept <laughs> in the first place yeah and, yeah um... yeah fail fast yeah so basically i started my this essay on that topic of antimatter and the asymmetry problem that we have and it was so complex you know it's basically particle physics and it's just not really something that i'm really strong at so after like literally hours of research I had to just give it up and I thought and and when I thought about it I thought oh no I can't I, I've never done that before in all my years of writing essays and studying and stuff I've never actually changed my mind after so much time spent you know studying a topic I just I just usually persevere a bit you know because it's like well I'm learning so obviously it's gonna be hard but like that was the first time where I was like you know what this is too this is too much I can't write my essay at the level that it needs to be written at because I don't understand <laughs> So I, I failed fast and I let it go. <laughs> so you, what, you just wrote about something else then? I wrote about the Hubble discrepancy instead, a completely different topic. Uh, okay. Well, yep. I'm not interested in that. I don't want to yeah, about. that one's boring. <laughs> so, <laughs> what, yeah. so, uh, so what's the imbalance? I know about the imbalance between electrons and protons in terms of mass. Isn't an electron tiny compared to a proton? But they have exactly equivalent charge yeah sorry did i say proton i meant positron Uh, if i said proton i do apologize i have to i have to say that right now because i definitely meant positron because they're the same because the the same atom has an electron and a proton so you're not talking about the same atom you're talking about no i'm talking about positrons and electrons so where's the positron where is it? It's it's out and about. You can measure them and stuff. And we create them in in like um, hydron colliders, like the one in Switzerland. You can create the antimatter. But that's the problem, isn't it? Is there not enough around? There should be more around and there isn't. And I think there's also topics about like they should negate each other when they come into contact. So why didn't they do that in the beginning? Like why do we even exist in the first place? Some people kind of theorize there might even be like an anti-universe or something something like that with the bizarro kayla in it yeah yeah with the bizarro kayla with the really mean horrible kayla (laughs) oh that Um, one's the mean horrible one (laughs) 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 yeah okay so it isn't like an evil twin kind of basis is it like of any atom being directly so when they say oh we found dark matter or they they're just talking about as a resultant of everything that got thrown out of the first explosion needing to balance against stuff. Yeah, so dark matter is slightly different. So 
dark matter is basically what when we what we call matter in the universe so on a cosmological st- scale what we call matter in the universe that doesn't interact with the electromagnetic field so it doesn't interact with any light it doesn't you know absorb it or reflect it or emit any light because as, as fun as it is uh, astronomy is just basically the observation of light or lack thereof and that is it there's nothing you know i mean now we've got gravitational waves so lucky we've started branching out <laughs> <laughs> just recently since uh, 2015. Um, so that's fun. But for the most part, it is just the study of light. As dark matter doesn't react with light in any way. But we know it's there because of the effects that it has. So, you know, you can say like something, you know, like centripetal force, you can say something is spinning and with it spinning that fast, it should weigh this much or it should have this much mass around it or whatever. And when we take into account all the matter that we can see that's light, there's about 85%, give or take, uh, depending on who you're looking at, um, that we can't see. That's that we consider dark matter. And on Earth so or just in the universe? In I mean. the universe. So this is the, the that's a really big difference as well. When you're talking about antimatter, you're talking about elementary particles. So mini, teeny, tiny particles. Mm. And dark matter is only visible on massive scales, so cosmological scales. So when we talk about like how big our, our galaxy is, how it interacts with the galaxy next to us, if we have any, you know, things floating around, because we have, you know, the small Magellanic Cloud and the large Magellanic Cloud, the other mini galaxies that are orbiting the Milky Way, and how they interact, and we can take into account in that way. But it's very big. And obviously, one of the ideas with dark matter is that you try to pinpoint what it is on a smaller scale. So they might say, like, oh, we think dark matter is like WIMPs or uh, weakly interacting massive particles. But, um, like, is it? I don't know. I don't know that acronym. I find that triggering. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> There's so many ridiculous acronyms in in astronomy where they just they just want to name it something, so then they just make it work. Gandalf is one. Well, they'll just take the first two letters of a word and then the last one of the second word, or just, they'll just make it work. <laughs> so is it one of those things where, like when we were talking before about only being able to perceive the universe in the ways that we are able to detect so does that just give more weight to the idea that there's just so much more going on that we're not seeing visibly because if you have to be panned out so far to see all this dark stuff in the first place or not see it are you seeing it or you just seeing it (laughs) by virtue the lack thereof yeah yeah (laughs) yeah so what do you define as matter then Ah, uh, (laughs) so so uh, (laughs) back to square one baryonic matter is matter that you can touch and feel and see. And it basically, it's composed of baryons, which is why it's called baryonic matter. What's the baryon? It's a, a elementary particle. Like the periodic table? Smaller, but yes. No, but like the elements in the periodic table, we mean smaller than the elements? Smaller than the elements, yeah. Elementary particles like quarks and bosons and baryons. Oh, quarks and, and yeah. I remember yeah, yeah. So sm- technically, they're smaller than so the elements. So quarks make up the neutron of an atom is that right or do they make up the proton of an atom see particle physics is not my not my area of expertise <laughs> i only know roughly some of that because yeah. i do remember some of it from school i was always told at school that they teach you chemistry at school and then when you get to a level chemistry they go oh everything we taught you is just a really simple sort of thing it doesn't really yeah. make any sense let's go that a bit lower yeah yeah they changed the diagrams from being an atom being like that sort of thing like with the rings around it and like a little mini universe and, change it to, and then they yeah. change it to being like a cloud or what the fuck mm-hmm. i don't know it's all very and that's just a representation of of it 
isn't it? Yeah. I mean, that, yeah. I don't know if quite how it works. They have well, actually... there's a lot of empty space as well. How can there be empty space though? Is it like so? If you like got a microscope strong enough, and I don't know if this is possible to like look at the atoms of I don't know, let's say iron. Yeah. And you zoomed in that much. Yeah. Would you just be seeing gaps between the atoms? But because it's because the at that level the force would be so strong that it's effectively there is you couldn't penetrate it because the force would be so strong between them that it still seems as a whole even though there's a gap. Yeah, yeah. Mad, isn't it? Absolutely <laughs> mad. I... <laughs> it is really crazy. Yeah, Particle just... physics is really um, mind twisty. All I know is that the electron. It's the same charge as the proton, but the size disparity is massive. Yes, yes, Which that's is true. really bizarre. I don't know if they sort of know they can really account for that. It's one of those things that you could say is either just like some weird chance or how did that happen or maybe God did it, mm. you know, because why is it so perfectly sort of... Yeah, well, I suppose that's like... It's like a mini version of what we have already. So like if you think of like the Earth, the Sun, the Moon, all these things that kind of orbit around each other, they fall into that because of physics so like you know that is how things work the earth, the sun pools its gravity pools things spin you know and they interact magnetically as well as through gravity and stuff so it's the same on a tiny scale as well but with different forces you know that are acting on them rather than gravity gravity doesn't work on tiny scales so it's not gravity that pulls them together but other forces that pull them together so it's kind of like you know how we only see one side of the moon that was all. That's always going to happen. So at some point, the moon would all, all, all moons everywhere would always do that. They would fall into an orbit that is one-sided. Like that is something that would happen based on the size. Obviously, if other things are interacting with it, like yeah. the you know other change, moons are pulling on it or something, then, or something. Yeah. yeah, or something like that. But you know, in terms of like leaving it alone, it would always fall into that. So potentially, there's that the idea that maybe atoms and things like that they're falling into these because that is just the you know, that's just physics. That's just how things are supposed to be. But there is a lot of empty space. I mean, there's a lot of empty space in space. You know, yeah. I mean, I, I was watching a space show, not a real life space show, a fake space show with aliens. And they hit an asteroid field or whatever. And they were like, choo, 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 you know, going through these asteroids like, oh, no, we're going to hit asteroids. And I just, oh, it's just, it's just, I can't, I can't enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> well, because that's so... Because what they wouldn't there's be... miles in between asteroids, right? Okay, like so... there's just so much space, there's just so much empty space. Like, yeah, it's an asteroid belt, but uh, you're not gonna hit anything like with any if you're in a ship steering through it, that would never be a problem. Maybe if you sent something out into space that you couldn't steer, <laughs> like, a, like a satellite or something, then potentially you have to be a bit careful not to put it on a collision course. So you've but got like, to be really you know. negligent at the wheel if you're going to get one of these things. <laughs> I know, but they make them like they're coming at them and they're like smashing into each other and they're two feet uh, apart. Probably a fast ship, aren't they? Uh, I would have thought, isn't it? I mean, <laughs> maybe. Maybe that's it. Maybe the ships are really fast. Yeah, it's all well and good you saying it. You didn't have to drive it, did you? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, you won't get me in space. Heck no. <laughs> no, you don't fancy colonizing Mars with uh, the first no. lot, do you? Nope. <laughs> no. Nope. No. You won't get me going into the deep ocean, and you won't get me going into space. I don't want to go anywhere where a little suit over my body is the only thing keeping me alive. <laughs> I suppose it makes yoga harder as well if you've got a suit uh, on <laughs> the time, isn't it? So there's nothing else on anti... So I thought you were going to like... Um, it's not as romantic as I thought it would be. Oh, but, I know. Uh, Astronomy always sorry. sounds more romantic when it's going to be. Mm. I'm sorry. 
But I will say this, like something that comes up when we start to talk about dark matter is people say, well, isn't it just rocks or something? You know, could it not just be something <laughs> that doesn't, something dark, you know, if, if it's dark matter, could it not be something dark that you just can't see like dust or, or stones you bump into or, it or something? something. Or... Well, that, that we could potentially eventually see if we had strong enough telescopes or something like that. But um, it won't be here. Well, it's, none of it's on Earth at all. No. Why is it not on Earth then? It's we only detect it on larger scales. Dark matter, not antimatter. Dark yeah. matter. Dark antimatter, matter. you can detect it because you detect it in yeah. the Hadron Collider. And yeah, you know. that's right. right. Yeah. So there, the, like antimatter is just the opposite of matter with opposite charge. Matter with the other charge, and dark matter is matter in the universe that we don't know what it is or where it's come from or how it reacts because we can't measure it or see it all we can do is see the effects that it has on other things it's quite difficult to do studying on something that you can't detect isn't it i know but it makes up eight like 85 percent of the universe so we kind of have to study it but they have decided after much much research obviously uh that it's not physical baryonic matter that is not rocks and things that we just can't see they have right. kind of pinpointed it down that there's no way it's that because that stuff isn't heavy enough so it is something else which is kind is of is that why it's 85 percent of it because it is 85 percent less dense more dense more but dense. maybe <laughs> i never really thought about it like that maybe no 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 so if there's if 15 percent of the galaxy is matter mm. and 85 percent is antimatter and it's not rocks mm. it's because that's no 85 percent is dark matter Dark matter, sorry. Then, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like when you... Um, oh, I was trying to think of an analogy here. It's like... Oh, I'm trying to think. There's got to be a cooking analogy here. I like this. Go on. <laughs> right. Say you were... I don't know if this is it. Say you were making um, a cup of coffee, right? Okay. But you only like the top. Oh, no, no, no. Okay, <laughs> no, okay so like, uh, theoretically, there's a, cap- a cappuccino machine, right? You press the button... Cappuccino okay. comes out, but you only like the froth. That's what right. you, you just want the froth. So the froth is the is smaller in terms of vol- of like the volume of the whole drink. Yes. Than, so, but you have to have the f- liquid that you don't want at the bottom mm-hmm. to have the froth, which mm-hmm. you do want. The froth actually weighs much, much, much less than the liquid. So the froth, fifteen percent, that's matter, and dark matter is the rest of the stuff that has to exist for the fifteen percent of stuff to exist because it. For some, in some reason, it's not a perfect analogy by any means, but, <laughs> but, but you know what I mean. Maybe, yeah. Like it's so that's yeah. why there's more of it, perhaps. Do you know? Would that make? Yeah. Well, that, I think I think dark matter to is going to be more dense than than normal matter. I think that is part of it because that one of the theories is that it could potentially be neutron stars, but that would need a lot of neutron stars in some very peculiar places. So potentially some of it could be neutron stars, but not all of it. So which neutron stars are like, what do they say? They always say this in like, I think I'm sure my GCSE teacher said something like a teaspoon of neutron star would weigh as much as a car, something like that. Like it's, it's the most dense matter in the universe. Because you have to remember matter outside of the earth Matter out there, matter in the middle of stars, matter that's reacting with other matter is not matter like we have on Earth. It's extreme, extreme states of matter. So oh, they right. like plasma. I mean, have you ever seen a plasma? No, of course not, because we don't we don't really have plasma on Earth. Unless you've got telly, you have it in tellies, don't you? But... What really? I'm not sure about that. Do we have plasma? In tellies? What kind of telly do you use? <laughs> <laughs> it's a f- 
it's it's a term for a type of TV. It's a plasma TV. Oh yes, I do know that. Yeah, sorry, I made a shit joke. Sorry. Was, no, that was a good not, joke. I just missed not, missed the trick there. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, could have been worse. Could have maybe so. <laughs> but well, so actual plasma. What's actual plasma then? Plasma is like a semi-state between gas and liquid. You're testing my knowledge now. You can't drop these questions on me. <laughs> oh, sorry. You've been studying it for about eight years or something, haven't you? So... Yeah, I have, yeah. Let's see, let's see what Google says. It's one of the four fundamental states, is what it says. So, like, you know, you have um, gaseous, liquid, and solid, and plasma. So what's plasma custard or something, then? <laughs> <laughs> it's produced when atoms in a gas become ionized. When you start to get into too much of this kind of like extreme states of matter, it's hard to visualize. It's hard to yeah, understand yeah. because we don't have them. Same with like special relativity when we're talking about warping time and bending time and time being different. It's like, what? 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 <laughs> Your brain just starts to go, mm, does not compute. <laughs> yeah. So does this sort of, um, you know, your knowledge and interest in this, is it, does it change your perspective on like affect the way you feel about anything ethics or morals or like i think it's interesting that like the more you delve into like more difficult sciences so ones that um push you past the like logic barriers so i know when you when you study special relativity they say don't work don't let go of your logic because it won't help you if when you're trying to work through mathematical problems and you think oh that can't be right well let it go because it's not going to help i think that kind of mindset is quite good to practice you know mm. trying to it's almost like trying to think outside the box i know einstein started with his thing about trying what would light look like you know if i could watch it coming you know if i could come go beside the and it, you know those kind of like out of the box thinking is what kind of start those processes of finding discoveries and stuff but then the other way is true as well like if you learn about these discoveries and how they were discovered and you're trying to comprehend them it does help open your eyes to you know bigger things and remind you of bigger pictures and stuff as well you know i have been maybe a little bit more recently kind of coming back to this idea that you know, eventually our matter will turn back into energy and it's kind of maybe reassuring if you don't have a strong religious belief. Obviously, if you have a really strong religious belief, then you would use that as your reassurance potentially for life after death and, you know, what, potentially what we're doing to the planet as a whole and stuff like that and the greed of man and things. You know, you might say, well, God's going to come and fix it all later. Uh, but if not, then you can just go, it's all right, the sun's going to boil us in a few million years anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not necessarily nice if you're having physical issues in your life right now, but I know sometimes if you're just having those kind of like, what's the point questions, it can be nice to take a step back and remember matter and energy are interchangeable and we all kind of come and go and, you know, what can we make out of this life right now that keeps us balanced and happy and you know, adds more positivity to the world, maybe, might be a way of saying it. I suppose you balance is another fundamental to this whole thing as well. Yeah, I feel like balance is like my core belief. If you were going to find out, like, if you were going to turn me into stone and get all the way down to the core of what's what gets me ticking, it's balance. Balance in everything. Because it's just there. It's throughout the whole universe. There's that constant shift and move of everything trying to move back into, like, a sense of balance and rhythm, if you want to call it that. 
Um, it's the same with us, you know, trying to find a balance. It'd be silly to say like, you know, the only way to be happy is to meditate for 12 hours a day because, well, nah, because if you tried to do something like that, then potentially you'd be hungry. I don't know, like other things start to creep up. <laughs> you stick a, a tube in you. Like yeah. Saline, you have a saline drip, you'd be able to meditate as much as you like. <laughs> would, would, would that get rid of your hunger, though? I don't know. Would mm, your stomach no. not still feel? <laughs> Put it. Uh, we'll change it to ready break instead of saline. No, All right, ready break. <laughs> Okay, okay. But I don't know. I mean, you read a lot of science books. I mean, I know you read like mm. multiple different types. You don't necessarily go. I'm, I've stuck with one topic, astronomy, because I think that's really interesting. And it's vast. You know, astronomy starts from particle physics all the way up to astrobiology and, you know, cosmology and the motions of the universe and the Big Bang. So it's a massive subject. Anything that you can think of fits into the subject of astronomy, <laughs> which is kind of funny. But, um, but I know you've studied lot. You've read lots of books. You look into these things. You know, you're not just sat around watching simpsons you can learn a lot from the simpsons but... <laughs> hey not knocking the simpsons <laughs> uh i don't know i don't read much about i've never really made much about us that like particle physics i, mean, I think the mm. more po- the more science stuff i've sort of read is more like uh, evolutionary biology and um, mm. you know stuff about the brain things like I basically parrot free books whenever I talk to people <laughs> yeah if someone engages me in a discussion I would just be ended up bringing up Thinking Fast and Slow by Daniel Kahneman Guns, Germs and Steel by Jared Diamond or Sapiens by uh, Yoanua Harari or or maybe mm. you know I like some of Stephen Pinker's books as well but and do you think they've changed how like you feel like how do yeah. you think that's affected you well I think Thinking fast and slow changed the way I think. In, in that, it made me sort of feel like obviously we know we've got internal biases and stuff like that, but to the the extent of it was very much more brought home to me, and it just makes me feel like it's not something in isolation that a book just changes your life because mm. I've got other things going on. And I think it's definitely made me a little bit more. I guess the other thing is I've I've been tweeting less for the last year as well and I'd stopped sort of tweeting about anything political or anything like for quite a while mm. but I just don't even really use it anymore and if you sort of view that sort of thing sort of objectively and you see everything happening instantaneously you realize that people on a platform like that which is an instantaneous news platform as much as anything else people are just putting stuff which is emotional rather than like, the best way of analyzing anything is to see what happens and yeah. then so i think i've just taken for the last couple of years a much more homely attitude of well let's just wait and see what happens a bit more than mm. getting caught up in my initial emotional reaction to any event that happens and that is not something that's just come on reading one book, but that's just a yeah. way that I've just changed the way I've thought over the last couple of years. But there was something that was partly influenced by that specific book. So you feel like you've kind of grown, uh, maybe in a like emotional way, maybe, if you were to think of that, because you're not responding to your emotions right away or you're not letting it... Well, if ever I do post anything about anything I'm actually genuinely feeling, I usually feel really embarrassed about it. A day or two mm. later and think what the fuck did I do that for I don't even mean like being particularly histrionic or anything like that but just like mm. saying anything 
because retrospectively after posting stuff that you feel emotional about you feel differently about whatever it was anyway even if it's a bereavement yeah or, or maybe you feel like less emotional about it now after time yeah yeah so even if it's something completely legitimate to be very upset about like a, a bereavement or something mm. you would i don't think i've posted about a bereavement but i think if that happened i'd probably look back in a few days and think why have i published this to the world so it's not that you feel embarrassed about telling people about your opinions on things. Like if you were just having a conversation about with someone, like now with us and stuff, it's not that you feel embarrassed about talking about it, but it's just like, why would you put it out in that format? In like Yeah, I think talking about it is like different that. because you, you, you get the intonation correct and you get more caveats to it and you can interrogate it between you and come to a more reason. But I think mm. the nature of broadcasting something in a social media platform even if, it, if it's a short form yeah. or a long form thing it just i don't know the you open it up to more not interpretations but people don't get the intonation quite the way you always you think and so sometimes people might not realize i'm being as tongue-in-cheek about something which yeah. um, they might take things far too literally for example or i might do like i'm, I'm not like yeah. the other thing i sort of think more so is that I'm not a fixed state. Um, my feelings towards things are on a continuum anyway. So of course, it's, yeah. But you can be much more nuanced in a general discussion than than a broadcast of something. And yeah. I also sort of feel like, who gives a shit what I think anyway? So why am yeah. I telling anybody anything? Well, I'm not important, so... No. Yeah, you're just going to become a, a number on a sheet somewhere, data, you know. I think it's just publishing time. So if you wrote a book about what you felt about something... It wouldn't come out for a year, would it? And you'd be redrafting it and you'd be looking at it with a cold analysis like six months down the line. Like, yeah. oh, do I really want to say that? If you're posting something that happened yesterday or five minutes ago, then you don't yeah. get that. And that's, yeah. I guess it isn't that I would never want to write about what I feel about a subject. But again, my mm. reaction now is very much, we'll see what happens. We'll see how yeah. I feel about this in whatever. And I think that's probably a healthier way to be because you're not caught up in the emotion of the moment which is where you make bad decisions and also i think what you're saying is like really natural i think as well so like obviously all of the social medias that we have now they're really really recent you know Mm. they haven't been around that long at all so being able to even tell the world how you feel about a specific topic right away instantly or even feeling the pressure to give an opinion on a specific topic sometimes you know sometimes when things happen it's like oh i've got to hop on board and say like oh i'm so sorry about the terrorist attack that happened in this country and it's like why yeah okay everybody's sorry you don't you know (laughs) Well, I, you know, I just feel like, I'm not saying that it's empty. I'm not saying that they don't genuinely feel sorry, but I just mean like, you know, what we don't, you know, there was in the past, there was never that need, let alone the capability mm. of broadcasting that out to the world like that. When the Titanic yeah. went down, people didn't walk out in the street and start shouting about how I too would like to express my, you know. <laughs> not, <didn't> <laughs> Could you there. imagine? I too would like to express my yeah. sympathies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. One person in the street doesn't do it, so everyone's fucking, why aren't you going to come out and say something yeah, about Yeah, I'm going to ghost you. <laughs> Are you pro iceberg? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I am I reading think a the... book at the oh, moment. Oh, yeah, go on. Yeah. By, you know, Iris Murdoch, the author. This is where I'm supposed to go, rings a bell. Yes, yes, you are. <laughs> when really I'm thinking, <laughs> nope. <laughs> She's a novelist from the last century, but she mm. wrote some philosophy as well. So I'm reading one of her philosophy books. Mm. I started reading it, then I stopped reading it because 
Sometimes when you read these philosophy books, you just sort of think, what the? Like, can't you just write this for thick people, please? And like, <laughs> I don't know anything yeah. about Schopenhauer. And so I'm going to uh. feel myself in about, I mean, if you persist, you kind of get what they're on about a bit more. So, but anyway, we could maybe talk about that next time because I haven't finished reading it, but it's called yeah. um, Metaphysics as a Guide to Morality or something like that. Or, oh, now that title sounds familiar. And that genuinely is ringing a bell. But I haven't read anything. But that that rings a bell. I think I've, I well, think I I've seen that Well, I just thought it was title. an interesting ethical... So I think the, it's about how, you know, um, whether there's an inherent morality to things in the absence of there being a religious... Sort of, if, there's, if it's a mm. godless society, is there still some sort of transcendental morality to things? Where can we find it? Is it innate in people? Blah, 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 blah. Mm. And so I can't tell you more until I read more than 30 pages of it. I would say that possibly in a lot of people it is innate, but then could you uninnate that with like influence or whatever? You know, could you make bad people by having a bad world? Well, let's uh, let's explore a later date. So. I think that sounds good. That could be I a know. teaser there. So like, oh, yeah. must, or people think, oh, <laughs> skipping that one. <laughs> <laughs> now listen to that one next time. <laughs> okay, so should we knock it on the head for today then? Yes, I think that sounds good. Now, this is the end. Okay. So we're saying goodbye to everyone now. Goodbye, everyone. I hope you enjoyed listening. Check out website and Instagram things below and tell your friends about the podcast if you like it because, well, I'm not saying no one listens to it, but it'd be nice if more people that were interested in it found it. Yeah. And you never know. If you enjoyed it, other people will enjoy it. So, you know, spread the love. Okay. We'll see you in March then, where it's going to be less cold and horrible. More sunlight. Unless you're listening to this in 2030, you could be listening to it in August then, couldn't you? In a nuclear wasteland. <laughs>